You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shem Yisrael 5780-2020. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Kisisa, and in our Parsha we have perhaps one of the most fundamental, challenging, difficult events that the Jewish people has ever undergone, one of the most challenging Nisiyanus tests of our faith, and that is the the sin of the golden calf, the Chet HaEgel. And we need to understand what is the idea behind it, what is the idea of the Chet HaEgel, of the sin, why did it happen, why specifically at this time did it happen, and we need to understand also what is the message for us. This Dvar Torah is entitled Faith Over Fear, and one of the ideas, of course, it's, it's on everybody's mind what's going on in the world with the coronavirus, and I want to address with this Dvar Torah, perhaps an approach that we can understand what is the idea behind when there's challenges like this in the world, challenges that affect all of us, and and bring fear to us, bring fear. And what is the approach? So I want to share with you two things. One is a vort from the Madrega Sa'adam, from the altar of Navardic, and, he's, and, and the lesson that he learns from the Cheda Egel, and, and, and what, is, what is the approach to this kind of fear. And another is just a general thought that has to do with Mashiach. I'm sure it's on everyone's minds. Maybe Mashiach is coming. I believe it to be true. And um, what, what, what happens before Mashiach comes? And how does it connect to the, the, the fact that why did the Cheda Egel happen at this very point in time? Why did this sin happen? Why was this Pandora's box opened as Moshe Rabbeinu was about to come down with the Torah? Why did it? Was why was it at that moment? Why why do challenges occur and big challenges like this kind of challenge? Whether we're talking about the Chet Egel or whether we're talking about the challenge, which is a world challenge right now that we're facing off with, what is the approach? What is the idea behind it? And how are we to face off with it? Faith over fear, with faith as opposed to fear. All right, so I'd like to share with you what the Madrigas Adam says. And he wants to understand, the Jewish people were on a tremendously high level. When they were at Har Sinai, they had been there, they had said, Nasa v'nishma. They had reached an exalted state, the state of Adam HaRish and Kadam HaChet, Adam before the sin. They had become, they had, you know, they had all died and they had come back to life with a brand new body, one that could last and live forever. In fact, as a result of the Cheda Egel, they all became again prone to the curse of Adam HaRishon of death. How could they indeed, if they had, were on such an exalted level, how could they have fallen so greatly? How could they have made such a tremendous mistake to worship the golden calf? They had just seen HaKadosh Baruch Hu take them out of Egypt. They had seen Hashem Himself take them out of Egypt. And yet here they were, okay, we could say it's the heir of Rab, perhaps most of the Jewish people didn't do it. Perhaps they even stood, stood you know, they, were, they weren't okay with it, but they didn't protest when the heir of Rab did it. So how could it be that such a great sin could occur? And he says like this, Let's try and understand, it's, it's not so crazy that the Jewish people, after reaching such a, an exalted level at Har Sinai, they made this mistake. First of all, we, we know that the Erev Rav was there. We find that the Pasuk tells us that Moshe was late. And we know that that uh, our sages explain, They knew that he was supposed to come back on day 40. 
And it was they made a mistake on when day 40 was. It was really day 39. They thought it was the time for him to return. And the Gemara in Shabbos on Daf Petas says that they saw Moshe Rabbeinu, they saw him dead. They saw that he was on his, not on his death, but they saw him in a coffin. They saw he was dead. That's what they were shown by the Yitzhahara, by the evil inclination. So, we can't give them too much guilt. So he, he flips it around and says, you know, the mistake was such, they, they didn't, there wasn't really so much room to, to, for the side of good. Well, the actual golden calf itself, we can't say that they were, that they have done anything wrong. They didn't intend, if you read the Pasuk, you read it carefully, they did not intend for it to be an idol. They meant for him to be in place of Moshe. Moshe was their leader. They wanted the eagle as well to be somehow. The pasuk says it shall go before us. Verse in Exodus chapter thirty-two, verse twenty-three. They had certainly there was room to make a mistake because they thought that Moshe was dead. Who knows where he is? Who knows what's happened to him? They hadn't seen him in a month and a half, almost. But he says like this, an amazing thing. Foundational idea when it comes to understanding how to deal with the Yitzhahara. How do we face off with the evil inclination? Nachmanides writes, Ramban writes, that Sheker has no feet. What is the idea? Whenever you have a statement which is false, the Yitzhahara showed them something that wasn't true. That Moshe Rabbeinu was dead. Right? Whenever you have something that's false, there's a trick. There's a, there's a sleight of hand, is the correct, uh, translation here. Ha nikra pokus. It's a type of hocus pocus. There's a whole trick that, that uh, magicians are able to do, and in such a way they're able to trick people out of their money. You know, the people who have those, those, sh- the shell game where you have three, uh, cups and underneath the cup there's a, there's a, some item that you need to figure out which one it's under. The, the, the hand is faster than the eye. Right? They have the ability with sleight of hand, the way that it works is, the hand is faster than the eye, and therefore the person can be fooled, even though he thinks that he sees that it's one way, truly is a different way. A person can't properly understand what's going on. A person looks very carefully with a sharp eye. So then he certainly will recognize the falsehood, the, the, the fakeness. It's only the extreme speed that fools the eye, that fools the person, that fools the senses. So the way it is, the way it is, is that a person can become fooled when things are quick. This is how it is with the path of the Yetzirah, the evil inclination. The Satan cannot present an Avera, a sin, as something which is really good. What is his power? His power is in his speed. When a person thinks about it intellectually, 
Kvar Gomer Maseu, person's already past the point where he's already done it. He's the Yitzhar gets a person, oh, we gotta do this quick, gotta do this quick. Uh, don't think about it, don't think about it. Quick, 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 do it, do it, do it, do it. In the end, Kvar Gomer Maseu, Adam Maisishu Amid, Achar Maismach Shavtoi. The person is already sitting after the action, after the sin. He's already done it. And he's like, how did that happen? Why did I do that? So the intellect is a little bit slow. Even though the intellect can, can indeed be mavchin, can recognize that the thing that was done was not okay, or the thing that's being done is not okay, but the, the trick of the Yitzhahara is in its speed. It's sleight of hand. So the Yitzhahara, I'm sorry, the Rishayim, who indeed give in to their Yitzhahara, even though they know that the thing that they're doing is not good, they feel terrible about it. Still, a person is not, you know, the Yitzhahara works quick. The evil inclination says quickly, do the Aver, do the sin. The person does not indeed have that full measure of commitment to make sure that he doesn't do it. He doesn't have his own. He's just heavy. So the Russia, the addict, we could even say, we don't want to call an addict the Russia, but somebody who's used to sinning and is, a, is habituated to sinning, so he's always finding himself to be conquered. So he says an amazing thing. And this is the Pshat in the Maisa Egel. It's a deep, deep lesson for us. We need to understand that when the Yetzirah showed, when the Satan showed, that Moshe was dead. So he couldn't show them in a way that was absolutely clear. Right? It wasn't really true. Moshe was not really dead. It was a sleight of hand. It was a trick. It was It quickly tricked them and caused them to do something wrong. If they would have looked carefully, they would have looked with a sharp eye, they wouldn't have seen it that way. And the proof is, we find that the tribe of Levi, they didn't give in to the sin. When Moshe says, Who is for Hashem, come to me. The entire Shevet Levi came to him. Obviously, they didn't fall. They didn't fall down. They didn't fall uh, in the trap of the Yitzhahara. If it was so obvious, and it, there was no, you know, there wasn't anything fishy about it, how come Levi didn't fall into it? Clearly, there was a trick. There was a sleight of hand. There was a hand moves faster than the eye. And in the case of Yitzhahara, the picture that he showed them moved faster than him. Whoever wanted to make a mistake, made a mistake. That was their Bechira point. That was their Bechira, their, their free will there. The tribe of Levi, so they had made a decision not to make a mistake, and they didn't. This was the problem, this was the guilt of the Jewish people. They didn't look carefully. And they also had this mistake of the sixth hour. Right? Oh my gosh, the sixth hour has come, Moshe's not here. But the tribe of Levi didn't make this mistake. They didn't believe that Moshe died. They didn't, they didn't believe the picture that Yitzhah showed them. They weren't concerned about the fact that Moshe hadn't come yet. They said, maybe he'll come tomorrow, maybe he'll come soon. They weren't like, they weren't pushed by the Yitzhah 
to fall into this trap. So we can learn, we can understand from the Maisa Egel, this is the way of the Yitzhar, this is his trick, this is how he works. Quickly, quickly, sleight of hand fools us, and we fall for it all the time. All his power is that he says, do it quick. But we have a choice. We have free will. And Shevet Levi is the, the, the one who, who shows us the way it's supposed to be. Okay, he talks about the fact that they didn't fall completely. We have to understand that even the sin itself wasn't, a, you know, it, it was a sin, of course. It was a tremendous sin. But we, he explains how they, they didn't fall completely from their level. Okay, I'm not going to get into that. But the idea that we see here is very powerful. And, and it's that we need to understand whenever we look at what's going on in the world, and this, I believe, is a big mistake of many of the Jewish magazines and, and, and being too involved in reading the media, there's a certain... They, they, their whole trick is quickness. Oh my gosh, here's something exciting. Here's something scary. Here's something that we should be afraid of. That's the way of the media. That's the way even of our own media, of the from media, is to say something that's exciting and scary because it sells papers. People like to be afraid. But that's Atzas HaYetzer. And I'm not Chas saying that we shouldn't be cautious. I'm saying that we shouldn't be careful. But we need to know that the way of the Yitzhahara is to make us fearful. And the way of the Taira is that we need to have faith. And another example of this, another example of this, the Jewish people... When the Miraglim came back from, from searching out the land and ch- they said that we can't co- possibly overcome we can't possibly overcome the nations, those strong nations that are in the land of Canaan, the land of Israel. And the Jewish people became fearful. Perhaps Hashem is not with us. It's easy to become fearful and to think that Hashem, Chas Hashem, is not with us. Look what's going on. People are dying. People are getting sick. It's something that seems like it's going to spread throughout the world. It's, and it may be true. Maybe true, but to give in to the fear, this is the time all the way around. My Rosh Hashiva says, Rabbi Per, right now he's saying, this is the time to work on our bitachon. This is the time to work on our faith in Hashem, to work on our trust in Hashem that He's going to protect us, that He's doing this for a reason. Hashem is a reason for every single thing that goes on in the world. The good things, the bad things, everything is for a reason. And I want to share with you a thought which is connected to Mashiach, which is, I believe, connected to this virus. And it's just an important thing to understand when, when things like this go on, when it seems to be that there's a din in the world, there's a judgment going on, there's something challenging, difficult. Many people, the entire world is, is shaking. The entire world is shaking under our feet. What is the approach? How are we to think about this? I want to share with you Gemara. It's in Sukkot, Daphne Bays. It's only Gemara and Shas, as far as I know, that speaks about the concept of Mashiach ben Yosef. Mashiach ben Yosef, there's Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, two different Mashiachs, Mashiach who comes from the tribe of Ephraim, who's from Yosef. There's a Mashiach from David, from the tribe of Yehuda. We all know about Mashiach ben David. We all know about David, but there's also Mashiach ben Yosef. And the Gemara tells us that when Mashiach, you know, the times right before Mashiach, there's a great war, a war called Gogu Magog. And Mashiach bin Yosef, it's a machlekes in the Gemara, 
Machlekes till today, whether or not Mashiach ben Yosef has to die. But there's an, a shita, an opinion that Mashiach ben Yosef dies. And I want to try to understand why it is that Mashiach ben Yosef, this leader of the Jewish people, why does he have to die? What is the idea behind his death? Also very interesting, the Gemara says here in Sukkot Nafnun Beis, that after it happens, after Mashiach ben Yosef dies, there's a conversation that Mashiach ben David has with Hashem. And it goes like this. Mashiach ben David is going to reveal himself speedily in our days. Hashem says to him, I want you to ask me anything, I'll give it to you. Second chapter of Tehillim. Hashem says, ask, ask me anything, I'll give you, I'll give you whatever you want. And when Mashiach bin David sees that Mashiach bin Yosef was killed, Mashiach bin David says, I just want one thing. I just want to, I want to live. I don't want to die. Okay, so that's what he asks for. Hashem responds and says, don't worry. You don't have to worry. You, you're going to live. David HaMelech, King David, your great-great-grandfather, he already prophesied about you and he said, The life that you requested, Hashem has given to him. Or the life that you are going to ask for, he will give you. Okay, so Hashem promises Mashiach ben David that he's going to be fine. He's not going to die like Mashiach ben Yosef. Question is, what is going on here? Why does Mashiach ben Yosef have to die? And what is the conversation between Mashiach ben David and HaKadosh Baruch Hu asking for life? What is Hashem re- Hashem's response? And this is my understanding of the Gemara. And I've thought a lot about these things. I had a blog for many years talking about Mashiach. And uh, I stopped the blog about 10 years ago, but I, just, I still think about it all the time. And I have many chidushim, many ideas. One of the ideas that I want to share with you is that who is Mashiach ben Yosef? What is his job? And why does he have to die? Mashiach ben Yosef, his job is to lead the Jewish people in the war of Gog Magog to protect the Jewish people against an existential threat which faces us from the nations of the world that want to destroy us. Mashiach ben Yosef dies in that war. Why? I believe that the Pshat is the reason is because Klal Yisrael needs to know that no person, no one person, no army can protect us. Not No people who say, I'm standing up and protecting the people of Israel, as certain people have been saying of late. Nobody protects us. Only one protects us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself protects us. And as long as there's a person named Mashiach ben Yosef who seems to be protecting the Jewish people, there's a problem. Because we need to be completely dependent on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, on Hashem. We need to know that He is the only one. He is the only one that protects us. And for that reason, I believe that Mashiach ben Yosef has to die. And it could be that Mashiach ben Yosef won't die. And it might be because he's somebody who's a tremendous tzaddik, tremendous righteous individual who takes no credit for himself. And therefore the Jewish people, through his leadership, are indeed drawn into a relationship with Hashem instead of believing that he's the one protecting them. We will see what happens when Mashiach ben Yosef himself arrives. But the idea here is that what is the Torah telling us? What is this Gemara telling us? What, what happens? There's a point in time, there's a moment in time where there's a challenge. There's a gogumogog. Why does that have to happen before Mashiach comes? Why does there have to be a great war? Why does there have to be such a challenge? 
an existential threat to the Jewish people. Why is it that before Hashem is about to give the Torah to the Jewish people, there has to be a moment of difficulty, the Jewish people fall. And there's a Magaifa, there's a plague, 3,000 Jews die. They have to be killed. And there are other points in the Torah where we see that when we lose our relationship with Hashem, there's a Magaifa, there's a plague. As far as I understand it, the idea is that when there's about to be a new level, a new level in relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whether it's because Mashiach is about to come, whether it's because the Jewish people are about to receive the Torah and, and be you know, jettisoned into a much higher spiritual realm. In any case, there's always a moment where there's a judgment, a din. And the only way to get through the judgment is by being machazik, strengthening our bitachan, strengthening our faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our connection to Hashem. That is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. In the moment when there's a challenge, it's because we are about to step over a hurdle into a new place, a new spiritual level. And in order to get there, we have to get past a final test. And the test is, are we going to be in a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Are we going to have bitachan? Are we going to have faith? Are we going to have faith or are we going to buy into the fear? Are we going to be tricked by the Achiz the quickness of the media, the quickness of the Yetzirah, which tells us to be afraid and to take every precaution, which of course, we have to take normal precautions. But the question is, are we going to strengthen our Amuna? Are we going to strengthen our Bitachan? Strengthen our faith? Strengthen our prayer, our Tefillah? That is what is called for at a time like this. And that's why Mashiach bin David says Hashem, when he sees Mashiach bin Yosef has died, he says, I have nothing. As long as I think that I, have, that I can protect myself, as long as I think that the government is going to protect me, as long as I think that things are going to be okay because something, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to save myself, that, that's, not, that's not it. Mashiach bin David says, I don't even know if my life, I don't even know if I can depend on the fact that I can st- I'm going to stay alive. Hashem says, don't worry, you got it. You got it. If you, if you understand that, if you're asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for life, you're fine. You're fine. It's going to be good because you got the message. The message of this Gemara and the message, I believe, of the Parsha is you want to, you want to have a real relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You want to reach the next level. You want to walk into the days of Mashiach. You want to walk into a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu where you receive the Torah. You have to remember, don't make the mistake don't fall into the trap of the Yitzhahara. Don't fall into the fear that, that maybe Hashem is not with me. Don't fall into that fear. This is the moment of test. This is the moment where we need to be machazik arbitachan. We need to be machazik and strengthen our faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I want to offer to you again, Baruch Hashem, we have a wonderful group, a group of men on Sunday meeting, a group of women on Tuesdays meeting, working on bitachan together every single week. Hashem's help. I want to offer that to you. If you are interested in it, please email me, arigoldwag at gmail.com. You can join us. Baruch Hashem, we have beautiful discussions centered around the Sefer of my Rosh Hashiva, Pair, about Bitachan, about faith, and based on Madrigas Adam, the altar of Navardic. And we can work on this together. This is the time to work on it, to face off with the challenge and to strengthen ourselves and strengthen those around us with Bitachin and Hashem. 
And I'm so sure, I'm so sure that we all will join together and I ask you to bless me and please bless me back. Hashem should help us to recognize the, the wiliness of the Yitzhahara, the sleight of hand. Hashem should help us not to give in to the fear. Hashem should help us, yes, to take necessary precautions and to be careful, but at the same time, to work on our bitachon, work on our connection with our Kodesh Baruch Hu, because that's what this is all about. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.